This is 15 Minutes with the Doctor, episode 10. Welcome to 15 Minutes with the Doctor, the 15 minute appointment where we share powerful stories from healthcare entrepreneurs and innovators so you can grow your idea of business. Uh huh. So say hello to your host, Dr. Vinay Shankar. Dr. Vinay Shankar. In this episode, we talk to Brad Wade, a school teacher turned augmented reality expert. He is rated the top 14th influencer for AR in the world. Today, he shares his knowledge of using AR in medical education. Learn from his experience working on Anatomy 4D, how to develop an effective user interface, and his thoughts on the future of AR. Before we get into the episode, thanks to all the listeners so far. It's a great feeling to get to the 10th episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, or leave an honest review. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you, Vinay. Glad to be here with you today. Let's start with you telling us a little bit about how you became involved in augmented reality. Sure. Well, back in 2013, I was at a conference and it wasn't a technology conference, but mm-hmm. I was there. I had been a school teacher for 10 years and it was just different industries. And I was sitting in a session where a speaker was going over different new technologies. Mm-hmm. I was only spending about a minute or 30 seconds on each one different hardware, software, tools, and apps. And all of a sudden, she showed augmented reality. And 30 seconds later, it was gone. And I looked around the room and I was like, wait, didn't anybody else think that was amazing? What are we going to do? We need to talk about this. But nobody seemed to think it was just the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. So I went back to my job and I was a classroom teacher at the time and felt I needed to research what augmented reality was. And so I started finding things. I looked, there was nothing in education, but there was something in medical. Mm-hmm. And so I found a medical experience in augmented reality and I was teaching eight-year-olds. And so I brought it to my classroom and I used it. And when I saw the engagement that my kids have and how passionate they were about using it, I started using that in my classroom. And when I realized how deep the engagement was and how I could hook my kids, I felt it was my duty to learn everything I could about augmented reality in every industry and then bring it into education as best I could. So I went out, I found it in medical, I found it in engineering, architecture, and space. And I brought all those into my classroom and I started using them. And then I just started talking with companies and helped build some education ones. And my story goes from there. Okay, I wanted to focus today on your use of AR in medical education. What did you specifically Mm -hmm. use in the classroom? So what I used specifically in the classroom was an app by Daiquiri, Mm -hmm. which was a company out of Los Angeles. They did 4D anatomy. Anatomy 4D is what it's really called. They did it for a medical school here in the United States. The university wanted to see if they could get students an experience where they could train and work on the human body when they're not in the lab. So they joined up with Daiquiri and Daiquiri created this experience called Anatomy 4D where the students had these basically like a three foot vinyl mat is what the students got and they would scan it and all of a sudden you had about a five, five and a half foot human body laying on your workspace. Okay. Well, you could rotate it, you could go in and isolate all the different body systems. 
you start out with a full body with skin tone and everything, and then you get down to muscles. And then you could go in and with just the tools inside, you could isolate the circulatory system, the respiratory system, the skeletal system, all the systems individually, but you could also put them together and then you could start exploring the body. And that's what I first started using with my eight-year-olds in school. Yeah. And you mentioned before that the AR allows for more engagement. Did you see any other benefits of using that anatomy technology in AR with the children? I did. And I ended up working with Dacry and they did some research and they were able to verify that when people are using augmented reality to learn, it's more efficient, mm-hmm. it's more engaging, and they retain the information longer. So it truly is a wonderful key to learning anything, especially in the medical field, because when you're using it in the medical field, you have all that information with you. And you know we are visually stimulated. And when you get to work with something like that and you have the visual component right in front of you and you're free to use your hands to manipulate your environment, your engagement is very high. You're visually cued and you're using multiple senses for Mm. learning. And it's truly impressive. My own reflection is I remember the days we used to learn anatomy and it used to be traditionally by dissection. And you mentioned some of the benefits there, but I think another key benefit is that you can access this at whatever time you wanted to. It doesn't have to be the set time. For example, we used to have specifically anatomy classes at a certain time and and it was limited to, you know, a couple of hours a week. But if you had this technology, you could do this whenever you wanted, I presume. Absolutely. That has been one of the biggest benefits is being able to use it on your own time. And that was one of the biggest things they wanted the students to have access to it. You know, we all learn at a different rate. We all have preferential times that we like to learn. And like you said, you have limited access to the anatomy lab and to work with, you know, organs and everything. So if you have access to a tool like this, you can fire it up, open it up at any time and start using it anytime you wish. You said that you started to work for Dacry. I understand that Anatomy 4D is still available. What did you do specifically for them when you were there? So I did a couple different things when I was working with Dacry. I spent two and a half years working with them. Mm-hmm. So I was on my evangelist board, if you will. I was on my soapbox sharing everything by writing about it, presenting about it. And Brian Mullins, the CEO of Dacry, noticed and he eventually he contacted me and flew me out to L.A. and asked me if I would like to work with the company. And so together we defined a role together for the benefit of the company and augmented reality. What I did is I became an evangelist, basically a spokesperson for their apps and their technology, right. you know, one of them being Anatomy 4D. And so I would also work on the education side, but part of education was sharing what was out there and for your audience particularly, it was Anatomy 4D, the human body, and the human heart. Because after they did the human body, it was such a success that the school asked if they could make the human heart. So they did. They created the human heart. So you have a human heart beating right in front of you, and you can open it up, turn the blood flow on and off, all the amazing things. But what I started doing with them, too, was starting to look at user experience, you know, and some of the design on their products and their tools and their apps. You know, how is the user going to experience it? What is the benefit? You know, looking at questions that might arise, you know, how things are integrated, how they play together. What is the user thinking about? So I did a lot of 
user experience, a lot of UX work with them on that. And mm -hmm. then also the design and improvements for the improvements came in their creation platform because they had a creation platform where anybody could make their own experiences. So I did a lot of design work in there, moving things, getting feedback, you know, how we might improve the product, improve the interface and so on. From your experience working in UX, what would you say are three important tips when developing a good user interface? I'll elaborate on these, but to me, the biggest thing is the first one's got to be simple. What your experience that you're having your user do has to be simple. I'm saying simple as in they need to be able to pick it up and use it right away. It can be very in-depth and have a lot of great content and experience, but it needs to be simple. You need to be able to pick it up and the user needs to know, okay, this is how I use it. It makes sense. The second thing is it needs to be a better way. So if you were just like a better mousetrap, if you will, if there's an experience that's never been built, then that's perfect. You're giving them a better way to experience something in the medical industry. If there's an experience that is out there, but it's just not working the way you want it, then make sure yours is the better way. Right. You mm -hmm. know, so that's, and then the third thing is make sure that there's no lag in the experience. You know, make sure you have the processing power behind it or, you know, that the target holds up. You know, make sure that the target is robust and it holds the experience. Make sure that, you know, it's designed and programmed in a way where the experience is very fluid and there's no lag. Because it's better to have a simpler application with no lag than a very robust, deep application where you have to wait on it with lag. Because we as a human species, we are very fickle to that. Mm -hmm. If we have to wait, even if it's just a second or two, we will we will just say, oh, it's not that good or it's a, you know, we'll abandon it. So I'd say simple, make sure it's a better way of doing it and no lag. Those would no be lag. my three keys to a user experience. And I think in the current world and the community nowadays, I think everybody wants everything now. And, you know, tomorrow <laughs> is too late. And you just, that's another example of, of how that fits into what the people and, you know, customers demand in this current time. That's exactly right. We are an immediate gratification yep. species right now. And, you know, if it's not right now, we're just like, oh, it's too late. And so <laughs> we just want to make sure the experience, like I said, it's better to be able to take off one robust feature, make it just a little simpler so the experience is very clean and fast. Because then you can always work on it and program on the back end to make the experience even better and more rich, you know, with less of a lag time. Because you want to make sure that you keep your users on your application, mm -hmm. on your experience, because the longer they're on it, I mean, it was great. We used to track how long the time people were on it, how they were experiencing it, how long they were on each experience. And it was great. We had a, a good idea of what our users were doing. And we would learn from when they were not on experience very long, what was going on. And this was in the creation platform. So we used a lot of our data for feedback to improve the user experience. Let's say I have an idea for using AR in medical education. What would be my next steps? Okay, yeah. So the first thing I would do is I would run your idea by a trusted person in the industry, you know, a good friend who probably is in your workspace or mm -hmm. someone that you just trust. Yep. And then get their feedback on it. And then this is my tried and true belief. Once you have that and you really believe in your idea, you start building it and you never look back. You don't worry about the others that are doing similar things. You get yours built and you go because you built it for a reason. So believe in your idea and believe in your design. 
but we have to do all the things we just mentioned with the experience and then you know all the programming but big picture wise is once you've run it by somebody and you truly assess that there's a need and you have a better way do it build it and go and then once you have it you just need to get the word out start sharing it connecting on social media get the target out get the experience out and just start sharing it and then you will get quick immediate feedback on it Do you have a rough idea of how much a basic model could cost? Oh, it is. <laughs> I've seen people do it, you know, for just their blood, sweat and tears because they have people in the industry. I've seen people spend $25,000, okay. but I've also I know people spent a lot more, you know, I mean, 100,000. But that's I mean, that's a big company. It really depends. And what I would say is like if an individual is looking at doing it i'd say that's when you poke around you ask people who have the skill sets and you work out i know people who are willing to work on a revenue share there are people okay. who will work for an hourly rate if you are a company like if you're a medical company or a business what you need to do is you need to come up with your business plan and then you need to set aside your budget first you don't look at that is a specific cost yet you come up with your business plan and part of that is your budget but inside your budget it's bigger than that it's not just development it's also your promotion your outreach how you're going to get it out and so on so on so i always look at when i'm talking with companies or consulting with them i have them do a, a strategic business plan and part of that plan is getting it built and designed but that's just one part of their budget and their cost to get the app up and going but also to get it out because getting it built is one of three phases if you will in the big picture if you're a company using it as part of a roadmap to your operation if you're an individual get it built get it done then you go from there and would you say you said three phases there would you say the first step is then building testing and marketing sales is that what you're referring to yes correct the first one is getting it built is physically like cuz that's so much behind the scenes with the programmers with the engineers with the UX with the UI with the 3D modelers and so on that's the first step and then the second step would be you know looking at how does it integrate what are we going into like are we are we looking at you know is this going to be a product that we're using for sale is this a product that we're trying to get out to the masses and mm-hmm. get a user base and it's free you know then you look at well you know by getting a big user base this is what we're doing inside our organization and then the next phase would be you know all of the promotions and marketing advertising the conferences the speaking you know the presenting all those good things where do you see augmented reality going in specifically medical education it is going to become like second nature i know there's a lot of places that are already using it at a very high level i've seen some wonderful ones you know with all the big data and the cloud computing and everything it is just going to become second nature in medical education the the students who are going to be coming into medical education over the next you know let's just say 4 years they're not only going to be ready for it they're going to be expecting it because those kids are now in high school or entering university right now and they're familiar with all the augmented reality experiences. Yeah. You know, Pokémon Go did it a wonderful thing. <laughs> it brought augmented reality to the table for discussion and it showed how it can be so captivating and engaging. That's been a great thing because, you know, people like us who have been in the industry for a while, you know, we've been waiting for that watershed moment. Well, now it's here, so it's going to be just like 
you know, we grew up opening textbooks and we still do, but that was, you know, the main course, you know, the generation now gets to go online and they get to do a lot more like that. The generation that's coming up now, they can do all those things, but they're ready to have their hands free. They're ready to use their devices. They're ready to use this new and emerging technology because their feedback is pretty much immediate. And the detail, I mean, if you have a human anatomy right here in front of you and it looks like a hologram or a three-dimensional space, you can use that and you can interact with it in a way that, you know, the students are going to be ready. So it's going to be second nature here very soon. So anybody out there wanting to implement something, now's a good time. Absolutely. Now's a great time to, even if you're just starting to talk about it, it's not too late. It's a great idea and you can do it because it's going to be the, the next natural fit in the medical community. On the patient side, on the student side, every side is coming. Okay. And I wanted to finish by asking you, you are rated top 14th influencer for AR. How did you get that title? I was given that title by a, I don't know if it's a magazine, it was called Analytica. And I went and looked at their structure. What they did is they went and looked at your reach worldwide on augmented reality. And through my social networks, I came up using their algorithm, I came up at number 14. And I think part of that is, you know, I'm on all social media, but I spent the last five years on Twitter. And that's where I have my largest network. I have about 40,000 people there who are engaged users, mainly in the emerging tech and AR specifically. I had my podcast, I had my TV show for two and a half years and so on. I've really taken pride on building my name and reputation on working with the best companies, working with the best tools, the best products in the space, in all spaces of augmented reality. And uh, I've been honored to have that title and I'm very proud of it. And I honored that they thought of me that way. And I'm trying to just continue to, like you, make an impact in the AR space any way I can. It's great. And that's how I found you. I found you through Twitter and that's how we (laughs) connected. So where else can people find out more about you and get in touch with you? Sure. Well, they can find me at techbradwade, W-A-I-D, on all social medias. They also can check out my new website, my new blog, which is bradwade.com. So B-R-A-D-W-A-I-D. That has all things augmented reality, emerging tech, also in there, how we can work together. Excellent. I work with you know companies and individuals all over the world and conferences, panels, you name it. So if they want information about me and how we can work together, that is on there as well. Excellent. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights about AR. My pleasure, Vinay. Thank you so much. I'm really pleased to be here. I had a lot of fun and I love reaching a new audience and getting to meet people. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Excellent. Thanks for listening to 15 Minutes with the Doctor at net slash 15 Minutes with the Doctor. Dr. Vinay Shankar, uh-huh, Dr. Vinay Shankar.